0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Light. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy.
1: Garoppolo quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives
2: and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is gonna go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. My name is Rob Lauder, I cover the 49ers for NinersNation.com. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. How's it going, man?
3: You know, it's going cool, going good. You know, obviously uh, you know, we just talked about it a little bit off of air, but uh, you know, just making this transition to the southern life is different. It's different here, man. Like what did you I say? I look around. Last and time we
2: recorded, like, what did you say? You're like, howdy, <laughs>
3: Oh yeah. Howdy. Yeah. And they really <laughs> talk like that. I wish I can go around with a, uh, like a handheld, like recorder thing and, uh, and just so people can hear like, you know, how country well, you could. Are.
2: I guess you could just press record on your iPhone and walk around. I mean, just keep it in your pocket. Don't let people see you doing that. <laughs> right. It'd be a little weird.
3: Yeah. So, but no, it's, it's funny. Um, just listening to them and the different way that they say things, and you know, obviously, I was here for a couple of years when I went to college in 2010, 2011. But to be an adult here and um and be back and just really be more involved in stuff off off of campus, it's just yeah, it's just a little different.
2: Yeah, and for those of you that 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 might not have listened to the last time Crocker and I were on here, and he kind of gave his update on what's going on. Um, but he moved from here in California. Uh, Stockton, all the way to Arkansas, right? Yes, sir. And what city?
3: Monticello.
2: Oh, okay. And you are going to school so that you can get what again?
3: Finish getting my uh, bachelor's degree and teacher
2: credentials. There we go, man, a fellow teacher. So if as long as the striking gold endures, as I expect it would, uh, this podcast will be brought to you eventually by two teachers rather than just one. Right, um, which is a very uh, you know, which might be a good segue into what we're what we're going to talk about. Um, is I feel like teaching is a tremendous job, if you really want to like have the opportunity. There's plenty of teachers that don't seize the opportunity, but if you really want to have the opportunity to like impact people and and affect their life and change them and 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 you know or or be changed and you know all that stuff i feel like especially you i feel like you'll make a good teacher and you'll you'll realize pretty quickly and you're a coach so you already kind of get that idea but um you you realize really quickly how how much you can you can affect people if you want to wow. you know it's 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 a it's a great job
3: yeah my i always wanted to be a teacher maybe for different reasons uh growing up i just remember having this pe teacher that was just like just a big dude. And he would just tell me like to run laps and do this and do that. And I'm like, how's this dude telling me to run these laps and make this time? This dude probably can't even walk upstairs without breathing hard. Like, you know, and I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't know what what I'm going to do in life, but if all else fails, I'm going to be a PE teacher. And I made it up in my mind from that point on that if I ever go to college, it would be the teacher, it'd be a, to be a teacher and, and that's what i ended up doing i went to college to be a teacher um obviously i left early to play uh, professional football um now once i stopped playing football i didn't immediately immediately go back to college i worked in the school district i there's seven you know several different things i did but uh one thing that i did i was a a, a uh, like they call it para it's, it's a, like a behavioral aid like specialist or whatever to where like i'm working with a kid and you know he has different behavioral issues. One one thing that and it kind of changed my outlook on even being a teacher. But the way I kind of grew up, you you only know what you know. And really, I I didn't really know shit. Like I, I didn't have anybody <laughs> to tell me, you know, hey hey Eric, you know you're you're pretty talented. You know, you can, you can go off to college and, and play college football and get your education paid for it. Not one person ever told me that. And you would think, like, that that's something that, like, along the line, some, somebody would have said that, but n- nobody ever did. My family, you know, my mom didn't go to college. My dad didn't go to college. I don't even think they graduated high school. So, you you know, it goes back to you only know what you know. Like, I had terrible study habits. You know, my mom never checked on me. Hey, how's your, how's your grades? How's your... You know, are you studying? Did you do your homework? You know, hey, let me check in with your teachers. Like nothing, none of that. So the way I grew up, and and not really knowing that there's much outside of my whatever my current my whatever my circumstances were at that time, a lot of kids are growing up that same way, and maybe even worse off, right? Where you know they're growing up in families where you know they're not being exposed to you know positive individuals. I was lucky to have. At least my, my uncle, who, you know, he went off and he he had played college football. And I had my brother, who was a good football player. He, he struggled academically as well, like I did. But he was really good all-state cornerback. Um, But so I had a couple of positive influences to kind of guide me in a better direction than what I could have went down, which I grew up in the neighborhood with all Crips. So, like, those those are my my friends, my buddies, like my homies, you know, I grew up with these dudes. And, and there are a lot of kids that grow up around those same type of people as I did, but then they don't have positive influences. And I noticed the type of effect that it had on these kids and their behaviors in school. And that was something that really jumped out to me and made it even a little bit more urgent that, you know, I I think I can make some type of impact. Now, I always felt like, the, the the way that I can impact the youth was through sports. You know, football is what I do. You know, obviously I talk about it. I coach it. I did it. Um, I felt like maybe if I told kids my story and my hardships and the things I had to go through, maybe that would help some of them. Uh, but I think, you know, taking it to the next level is actually being in the classroom with them, like having to, you know, get on them about their grades and, you know, maybe, you know, doing something to help hopefully take them on field trips and different things like that to where. I'm impacting their lives even more outside of just being their coach uh, and really kind of guiding them in the right direction, you know, academically. And so, you know, I really felt like I'm still going to be a PE teacher, but I really felt like that could, uh, you know, furthermore help me with a lot of the youth and especially where I'm from, in Stockton, California, which um, a lot of people I'm pretty sure that listen to this podcast, they're they're familiar with Stockton and, you know, it, it has its good things, and there's probably not that many, and it has a ton of bad, and it, and it has a really negative stigma. But you know, we're really proud people from Stockton. We just need you know to get do a little bit more uh, for these kids, and you know, it's getting worse and worse.
2: Yeah, it's it's something else. Like one of the the first things I came to realize when uh, all the quarantine kicked in, and, and obviously my job as a teacher became a lot different, and I was sent home, and and all of a sudden this there was this huge void. In, in my life and the fact that I have you know a hundred and something students that I see on a daily basis almost and all of a sudden they were just gone and I didn't get to see them and, and it was weird because during parts of the day you think like dude these kids are a pain in the ass and sometimes they are but those are just kids in general and then you're, you're home for you know what was a week and then two weeks and it became two months and obviously the school year has been been canceled at this point but then you realize you just really miss them and you enjoyed being around them and and, and like you know you miss just the constant interaction and how every day is different and and what I, one of the things i realized too is yes a lot of children or students would tell me how much i changed them and affected them and but I, they also changed me and gave me new outlooks on things and you know made me laugh all the time and stuff like that so the idea of being a a teacher and a coach is it's it's fun because you're you're a mentor and you know no day is the same and it's just it's cool to know that if you want the opportunity to change lives uh, for the better, you have it. And, you know, like everybody knows with what's going on right now, it, you know, there is no shortage of people in the world that can have a positive impact on somebody else. If you are in a position to have a positive impact on something, somebody else and and take a little bit of yourself and, you know, be an influence and, and teach people the what what is right and wrong, and then you end up realizing that a lot of these kids, like you're saying, don't have anybody in their life one like I've even heard of kids that other teachers have told me that nobody's ever given them a compliment before like I've I've had kids where they basically said well no one really ever says nice things to me so it's nice to hear like somebody appreciates something I've done you know when I compliment them on their artwork or something so you know it's it's just important to put try to put yourself in a position where you never know what you can be to somebody else and and that kind of brings us into our, you know, what we're going to talk about today. And if you are, it, I'm not going to say there's there's no 49ers content to it, but obviously with the with what's going on right now with the deaths of George Floyd and before that it was Ahmaud Aubrey and now you've got the protests and you've got some things, you know, obviously have escalated it just me and Crocker have already talked about it we already text back and forth we are you know obviously it just doesn't seem like it it doesn't it's not appropriate to just gloss over it and talk 49ers ball like like it's business as usual because it isn't so if you're listening right now and you're rolling your eyes because you know where I'm going and when I'm telling you that what we're going to be talking about um then you just you don't have to listen and you know obviously if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I say thank you and I say I appreciate you after every episode. And I, I still don't feel any different. But if, if you're just in a position where you don't feel like hearing about this anymore, then you know just press pause or stop or whatever it is and, and just close out of it because that's what we're going to talk about. And one of the things I've told Crocker is, is I'm interested to hear his perspective because I'm white. He's black. His view of this situation versus mine is going to be completely different. It, you know, complete 180s. That doesn't mean that we won't necessarily agree with one another, but it's just a view of, of the situation. So before we go any further into this, and like I said, there is some relation to it when it comes to 49ers, and we'll touch on that. Um, but before we go any further, what just what are your general thoughts right now, Croc? What What are some of the things you've thought about over the past few days? And, I mean, like I said, it doesn't have to have any sort of a slant towards the 49ers. Uh, just, you know, tell me what you think and, and what's on your mind, man.
3: Um, you know, I just think it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that, you know, we're, we're still going through these type of things and dealing with these, you know, type of situations. And, you know, I, I'm aware that it's not, you know, one person or one thing or it's not everybody, right? But it's, there's just uh, things in place or, you know, people in place at positions to where they shouldn't be. I mean, that's a small percentage of it, but, you know, just for somebody to do what what that guy did to, to kill George Floyd um, and murder him, it's it's tough. And it was a tough thing to kind of see. And usually I turn my camera off and or my phone off and I, I don't look at things like that. I end up having, I just happened to watch that and it was just sad, you know, and for people to stand around and and watch and you know for the people that were recording, you know it's like you know to feel helpless that they can't help the only way that they can help is to get it documented on camera, um, but they you know they were screaming, they were yelling to get off of them, and you know the guy just wouldn't, and there are people that have you know different things different type of hates in their heart, uh it's not everybody, but you know hopefully the the more that it's kind of brought to the light the more we can you know figure out a way to, for everybody to come together on it, it you know it's it's just tough I, I don't even know what to say um that i'm pretty sure people haven't seen or 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 heard before but you know it's just just t- tough it's just tough tough, si- tough tough situation man for 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 everybody
2: yeah, and I mean obviously it was it was definitely a match that that lit a a, a renewed fire, I guess you could say because like I said earlier, you know, Ahmad Ahmad was killed not too long before that by um you know, citizens in the street and that also was caught on camera and that goes back to what Crocker just said is like these these cell phones and these cameras have just turned into a weapon of truth, essentially, um, because, you know, what you see on video, at least in that moment, there's always context and what happened before and what happened after. But at least in that moment, you can see exactly what is happening, and it can't be twisted. It can't be turned, you know, obviously, as especially as cameras get better because everything becomes clearer, and that's, you know, almost... Uh, like a metaphor for for the way things have, have gone and and from my perspective, the only thing I can do is is just try to look at everything with a brush of of right and wrong and you know I feel like in my heart I know that I was raised right and I know that my parents, despite the fact that I was you know raised by obviously two white parents in a very stable I had a very stable childhood, both my parents were teachers. I, I have been, I, And I posted this on Twitter. I, I, have, I have had very little trauma in my life. So the first thing I wanted to do when all this happened was I just wanted to ask people of color, African-Americans, Mexicans, Asians, whoever would relate to this question, what can a guy like me do to help you? Because there's just no chance that I'm going to relate to it at all. You, you know what? I think the best
3: thing that you and, and not just you, like me, like anyone, is just hold people accountable. You know, we I think, you know, there are a lot of times where we sit in on these on these conversations. I've had these type of conversations with people when, you know, Kaepernick was going through his whole thing. And, you know, people would, you know, ask me. I don't know if they were asking me to maybe try to get a rise out of me. But, you know, I'm working in a school district and it would be like a a person on campus, like that's coming to do some, you know, some type of construction or whatever. And I remember the guy asking me, like, you know, what, what do you think about the whole Kaepernick thing? And, you know, I would always like to kind of feel out the, 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 how the other person feels. So I would say, like, you know, you know he has his reasons for doing it. And the guy would just flat out, you know, well, I think he's an idiot. And I think we, we should take those kind of times to hold people accountable and ask questions and, and just have that conversation because, you know, maybe you, you have a conversation that can change that person's views on everything and why Kaepernick did what he did. And then maybe – by changing his views, uh, you know, he talks to somebody else and it's like, you know what? Hey, this Kaepernick situation, I, I understand it a little bit more now. I just had a conversation with somebody today. So I think we need to continue to have conversations. And if we have enough, maybe that'll change the way a lot of people perceive this. Because, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people around America that were upset with Ka- Colin Kaepernick. And I just think that just from that, that, that's just their mindset on how they viewed it and maybe a conversation could, could have helped, you know, so that I think, you know, so even with you, it's hold people accountable and have that conversation with them. When you hear that, because we all have those conversations with that person that is disgusted or, you know, you kind of hear the hate in their voice towards that specific person, you know, whether it's Kaepernick or whoever have a conversation with them. And I, instead of, just kind of brushing it off. Cause that's something I would do. I'm a non-confrontational type person. So I, a lot of times before I would just brush things off and just like, Oh, okay. That's your opinion. Instead of taking that opportunity to have a conversation with that person.
2: I'm the same, I'm the same way, dude. I'm, I'm, I mean, I feel like I could be confrontational if I need to be. And I know you're probably the same way. Like if, if I truly feel like it's something that I, that, that, that it needs to be a confrontation and that could be any number of scenarios, but I'm kind of the same way, like I, I, and, and being in the 49ers spectrum of, of, you know, of life, I, I had those conversations and those comments a lot, you know, like, hey man, you, you write, you, you write for 49ers website, what do you, what do you think about Colin Kaepernick, man? What, you, you believe this crap? You know, stuff like that. And it, you know, you very, very quickly get, you know what the other person's opinion is, you know, right. just by the way they ask the question. And, you know, I, I I was always honest, but at the same time, I definitely did it in a way where I just wasn't going to start some, you know, some argument or, you know, any type of heated conversation, because like I said, you usually know where where people stand just by the way they ask a question, or, or maybe they can't even ask the question without inserting their opinion into it. So it's hard to go about that, especially if it's like at work or someplace where you want to maintain the peace and and have good relationships, it's hard to go about those situations and not be non-confrontational because you just don't want to get into it. But, you know, when it comes to something like what's going on right now, I feel like it's even more important to, to have that conversation and to kind of, you know, put your foot in the ground a little bit and, and maybe feel uncomfortable for a little while, while you have to talk to somebody about something that, is it's not comfortable and that's just racism in general is it should be uncomfortable if you're a, a, a decent human being then talking about racism is is going to be uncomfortable because you're either talking with somebody who you feel is probably a little bit racist in some way or another um, or maybe there's there's some type of alarm going off inside of you that maybe you realize wasn't there type of deal and and the more I think, think kind of the, what happens is the more we talk about it, the more we'll be able to kind of. And that's one of the things Jed York said in his statement, um, not his statement, his interview with uh, I believe it was Jim Trotter, um, if I'm, uh, yes. He said, look, like if we're going to start tackling this stuff, we just have to talk about it. You have to, you have to identify what it is, and you you have to talk about it and go about seeing how you can squash it out. And, and obviously the the thing is racism, and what was interesting is another thing you mentioned, and you've already brought up Colin Kaepernick is. When Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem in protest of police brutality, the police brutality was not the subject of of really any of the conversation. Right. You know, it kept getting brought up. Like people would, you know, people would continually try to say, "This is why he's doing this. This is why he's doing this. This is why he's doing this." Uh, but it, the focus was the fact that he was doing that. You know, and and no one really wanted to. And look, I am former military. I would be, and I am perfectly comfortable in admitting that the first time he did that, I was a little taken back. Like in the military, you, you know, you, you just, you have to instill yourself with a sense of pride. Otherwise you're not going to be motivated enough to, to, to load a gun and go kill people or be killed on your country's behalf. You have to kind of instill some of that pride and, and self-defense within you. So the first time I saw that, I was like, whoa, man, like, is this really the way to go about it? And then even within myself, I was able to like, no one even had to tell me. No one even had to convince me. I was within myself. I was able to say, look, sometimes you have to do something uncomfortable to get people talking. And if if I'm, what am I if I'm not willing to allow people freedom of to express themselves or to, you know, to peacefully protest something? What kind of soldier or, you know, what what kind of soldier am I if I'm unwilling to embrace the freedoms that I signed up to protect. And, and it took, it really didn't take me very long to, to kind of correct myself in that situation because I, you know, my first reaction was, whoa, what the hell? And then I was like, I like, you know, my, my intelligence was able to override my emotion. And then I, you know, obviously from there on out, it's been completely understandable. So it's just, it, it, that's, that's, and that's the biggest thing is, is there's so much invo- emotion involved in all this. And, and sometimes that gets the better of people's intelligence, you know, your mammalian brain that's able to you know your 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 the human part of your your brain that's able to think through situations like this rationally and it's sometimes the rational part of things doesn't really work out um it's so kind of what i just mentioned is um the 49ers they decided to pledge yet another million dollars in support of just it, it, organizations that are working to create um you know are working to fix you know that whatever the the social inequalities that are written into the fabric of, of the country or at least at the very least they manifest themselves all the time so you know obviously that was a step in the right direction and and after the 49ers did that Jed York interviewed with Jim Trotter and it was who is in of himself African American and it was just interesting to hear Jed talk because obviously given throughout the Harbaugh years and uh, Jim Sula and Chip Kelly and so many different head coaches and realizing Balky was the problem, all this stuff, Jed York got like a really bad rap. And then I feel like since then he's obviously it is a little bit of damage control, but he slowly rebuilt his image. And that goes all the way back to when Colin Kaepernick was uh, taking a knee during the national anthem. Jed York was, was very vocal about, Supporting him. And and one of the things I tweeted today, and I haven't bothered looking at the replies because people, like I said, are very emotional about this. Um, You know, the 49ers today tweeted a tweeted Black Lives Matter hashtag Blackout Tuesday with the black square that's been going around. They even changed their logo to like it's black and gray. And I noticed that a lot of people were getting, and, and, and Crocker's going to give me his thoughts on this shortly, but I noticed a lot of people were, like, dragging the team through the mud because, like, hey, this is the same team that cut Colin Kaepernick and contributed to his blackballing. Like, how are they going to be the ones to say Black Lives Matter and speak out a, a, on on what the current issues when they have their own, you know, skeletons in the closet? And I quote tweeted that, and I said, look, I see that I see that this post is taking some heat, but... The 49ers have donated millions to support this cause, and a million of that was donated while Colin Kaepernick was still on the team, while he was taking a knee during the national anthem. And Jed York was one, I, obviously I can only tweet so many characters. Jed York was one of the more vocal people in support of him. And I'm, I, what I basically said was, uh, you know, the fact that everything that's happened to Colin Kaepernick since shouldn't necessarily part of it, yes, absolutely, and I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but all the everything that's happened to Colin Kaepernick since then shouldn't be just laid at the feet of the 49ers to the point where they can't even support current issues because of what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Now, obviously it's an extremely complicated situation, and there's going to be a lot I don't know behind that happened that I will never know. But to me, it just seems like I don't know. What, what do you think, Croc? What, am, I, am I am I way off? What's your perspective on this?
3: No, nah, I I thought the same way. I was kind of taken back, and I wanted to like just go in and respond to everybody. Like, you know, this is the team that openly supported him. You know, now I know um, later down the line, John Lynch made some comments, but prior to that, you know, Jed York, he was he was open about it. He spoke about it he put his money where his mouth is like hey okay this is how we do it i remember even after the fact uh the league was voting on something i can't remember exactly what it was and he reached out to his players and said hey how do you guys feel about this and he he liked it not to participate in the in that vote you know uh you know with his you know that's what his players wanted i think richard I wanna say Richard Sherman was one of the guys that he talked spoke with. But this is a guy who has been like open and at the forefront of not just this, but other things as well. You know, the 49ers, the whole L B G thing, you know, they they changed their uh I'm pretty sure I butchered the letters, but you guys know what I'm talking about.
2: L G B T Q and sometimes there's stuff after that. Like, you know, I don't I don't but I don't know. I'm not I'm not being facetious. I just but I know those are the letters and then I'm not sure what else is added onto that.
3: Yeah. So they you know, but they, they supported that. You know, they changed their um, their uh, logo to like rainbow. They they have a female on, on staff that supports that and lives that lifestyle. And she's actually a receiver coach for the 49ers. Like, they're out in front of a lot of things and supporting it, and they did the same thing with the Kaepernick situation. He just wasn't a guy that the new regime wanted to keep. And if we're being all the way real, if it weren't for some injuries the year before, he probably would have been gone then as well. If he didn't have those injuries that that made it to where he had to get surgery and he – um, after April, whatever his his money was guaranteed. If it weren't for that, he would have been gone a year before. So I, I don't think his the releasing of him has anything to do with the fact that he was kneeling or anything like that. He actually had an opportunity to play later in the year. Uh, so you know, obviously that whole team, that that specific team, they supported what he was doing. Uh, the team voted him like play, team uh team player of the year or whatever. He got a, like a prestigious award that's uh, given to uh, like your best teammate or something like that. Like there was a lot, there was a lot of support, and 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 not just with Colin Kaepernick, with the entire team. I mean, you saw 20 guys kneeling, you know, uh, at, at one point. And this was at a time where there were a lot of other owners that were discouraging their players from kneeling. Even uh, the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones went as far as to say, "My guys will not do this." Like he demanded that they would don't do it. And Jay York did the opposite. Hey, you guys have freedom of speech, you guys do it. if that's what you guys want to do, I support it. And I'm also gonna support it financially as well. I'm supporting it in an interview. Like it, so it's like, what more do Fortnite fans want? Because they didn't keep a guy? Like that that was the new regime. John Lynch and Kyle Shannon have, have full control of this roster. And that was a guy that they didn't see themselves uh keeping. And I don't think at any point they were gonna keep him. And it didn't have anything to do with that. Now there was John Lynch did make comments and said something along the lines of it being deci- div- divisive. Uh uh dis yeah, divisive. Yeah, yeah no, you gotta be got got Yeah, um and and then he, you know, he obviously he tried to backtrack on those words. Um if anybody wants to say anything, like, talk about that. But Jed York and the forty ers on how they supported Colin Kaepernick, I thought that they did I, I thought they supported him as much as one could be supported, like, throughout that time because that was a really big thing. And they and I felt like they backed him. Now, I did hear or, or actually see, um, and I don't know if I saw a 49ers, uh, like, blog reported or someone else or whatever, but I saw something about, and you can touch on this if you know more about it, Eric Reed says something about Jay York begged him not to knee.
2: Not to kneel. I, uh... I have not, I mean, I can jump on Eric, I don't know where he said that. I was just looking at Eric Reed's Twitter, and I checked, like, his replies and stuff like that. I, I don't know where he said that, but because um, all I saw was that he was quote-tweeting quote all the NFL teams that posted the black square and calling them basically, like, you know, Black Ball Tuesday instead of Blackout Tuesday, you know, and, and so I, I don't, I didn't see that, dude. I have not seen... I mean, I can... I'm literally on the computer right now searching. Reed, York. I'm just... I don't know. Well, okay. So this is an article about how uh, Eric Reed and Tori Smith are sparring back and forth. You know, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to read it. But, I mean, I, I honestly... I don't want to sit here and, and speak on it. I mean, hopefully you guys don't mind the fact that I'm Googling this right now. and I just would want to...
3: I'm I'm reading Tory Smith's uh and I was there and watched the way he handled Cap's protest. He was willing to support in any way possible and was trying to figure out and understand how to help. I never heard him say, Don't kneel one time. He focused and then I can't see the rest of what he put. But
1: is that on Twitter?
3: Yeah, this is on Twitter. Somebody screenshot okay. it. And and then Eric Reed quote tweeted and said, You speak based on your experience and I understand that. However, I can tell you that you never heard him say "don't kneel" because you never knelt. He begged me not to kneel.
2: Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's tough to comment on that, you know. But I don't know, man. There's, there's no way I can just accuse any either of them of, of being inaccurate. You know what I mean? Um, but to me, it, it's just their separate experiences. It sounds like. I mean,
3: right? He, he got one guy saying. Like, hey, I, I never heard him say, you know, any of these. But then again, he's like, well, you you weren't one that was kneeling. I wasn't. He told us not to, which seems contradictory. I mean, I, I believe Eric Reid. I feel like he's he's open. He is upset about some things. He is upset. But, you know, I think he's upset with the way that he was handled with the 49ers. Um, I think that whole situation, I think the way that he was, you know, for a while he was blackballed um, and people wouldn't touch him. Uh, right I well, think he's it, upset with all
2: of that so. right and it's if if there was some some observation to be made if if there's one person that would be much angrier with the 49ers it would be eric reed the, the two people are obviously coming at this from completely different perspectives whereas tory smith's tenure with the 49ers was was fairly normal obviously he you know he ended up being released but he had you know in some moments with the team and and but at the the same time, you know, Eric Reed's tenure with the 49ers is going to be completely different. The one thing I will say is from an outward perspective, both Tory Smith and Eric Reed seem like they're very in touch with what, you know, the social fabric of their people, America, whatever however you want to talk about it. You know, they're very they're both very active within that side of things. And if there's just an impression to be gleaned from either of them, Eric Reed is, has come off a lot more emotional and angry, whereas, and, and maybe that's perfectly rightfully so, whereas Torrey Smith seems a bit more, I don't know, calculated, if if, if this makes any sense, you know, I'm, and I just remember, like, you know, Eric Reed, I don't think it was last year, I think it was two years ago, where he was, you know, he was he was trying to fight people on the field, and he was just obviously really upset at, at, at just generally things. So I don't know how that plays into it. But even in their responses to Jed York, you, you can see those two kind of thing. But yeah, Eric Reed, nobody wants your money, Jed. We want justice. We've always wanted justice. Y'all are truly diluted. And then Tory said, I've had countless conversations with Jed about these issues when I was in SF. I'm grateful for his commitment to the Bay and injustice is everywhere. Thanks, Jed York. So obviously, they don't get any more different than that. So, you know, so I,
3: just, I, I specifically spoke and had conversations with this guy and basically saying, like, I never felt like any of what was going on was an issue. So. Right. But, yeah, again, I, I, there's two guys having two different experiences.
2: Right. Right. And I don't know. Like I said, the the big thing here is, is what goes on behind closed doors. Chad York has never given me the impression throughout all of this that he ever really had a problem with the kneeling. And like I said, he was very outward in his support when not many people were. So it's not like he was trendy and doing what everybody else was doing for the sake of getting along. So I just don't know. It's it's really tough to say. And obviously this is something that we're just kind of talking on based on outward appearances because what happens and the conversations with, with Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and Eli Harold. And anybody else who kneeled behind closed doors were probably very different than what's been advertised publicly. That doesn't mean that it was necessarily one way or the other, but obviously they're very different. So the thing with me is, going back to what I was saying, is when I when I tweeted about the 49ers and their commitment to this, is, is like I said, there's there's got to be things going on behind closed doors. But it just seems like the team has done – quite a bit and I don't know how this compares to other teams but they seem like they've kind of been at the forefront of supporting players free speech supporting the action they choose to take in in their football uniforms and I've never gotten the sense that they I don't know are putting on a show are putting on an act it seems genuine Jed York's words in that interview seem genuine and and again, this is coming from a perspective that may not be valued by by some of you because, you know, a a well-to-do white guy with a perfectly normal upbringing is doesn't have a great perspective on these things. But you know, that all I can do is offer my perspective. That's that's all I can do, and it's up to you guys whether or not it it has value to you. But it's just it seems like I obviously acknowledge that it was horrible what happened to Colin Kaepernick, and it, and nothing if if. I mean, there's not even it's not even a good thing, but this whole situation has just proven him more right, you know, and everything he did more worthwhile because he was trying to bring what is happening today to the forefront uh, long before it happened. And and it it has been happening, but I'm just talking about these these really obvious incidences that that we're dealing with today that have set the country um, on fire figuratively. Obviously, you know, everybody's passionate about it now. Colin Kaepernick's been talking about this stuff since 2016, and he lost his career because he chose to talk about it and how he chose to express it. And the 49ers, like I said, outwardly, what I saw supported him every step of the way, and that's the same thing Jed York did. So it was weird to me to see the 49ers catch flack for that. When it comes to supporting these issues, they seem like they've been at kind of the forefront of things. Yes, they cut cap, but what did you expect? Did you expect them to keep him forever? you know, I don't from I don't think that Kyle Shanahan had had much of an interest in cap from a ability standpoint. And none of the quarterbacks that he's brought in. Yes, he had some success with RG three, but none of the quarterbacks that he's brought in since Colin Kaepernick, including Jimmy Garoppolo, have had any style that resembled Colin Kaepernick. You know, and it, it, also
3: remember R G three wasn't his guy. RG three no. was uh, their, their owner was Dan Snyder.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. 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 Dan that, that was his
3: guy. And remember they were pushing for Kirk cousins and RG three knew that he wasn't their guy and that they were forced to play him. So again, that, you know, when you talk from about, you know, when you talk about a stylistic uh, preference, it's really the opposite of what Colin Kaepernick kind of made his career on just just from you know and everybody has their preferences uh you know if you if it's like hey if i could choose Michael Vick or Tom Brady he he would probably choose Tom Brady <laughs> you know like people just have their different preferences and now I, oh, that's kind of drastic but
2: no i i get what you mean though
3: Ben Roethlisberger or Michael Vick in their prime he probably still would pick Ben Roethlisberger
2: that's right. I mean. right and it it's just can Are there some ulterior motives within there? Could the 49ers have cut Kaepernick because of the kneeling? Of course, that, that's, that's obviously an option, but it's just not been the impression that I've gotten. And to act on social media like the 49ers should cease to support the African-American community and people of color because of what happened to Colin Kaepernick just seems a little like I don't know, I don't, I, maybe, you know, it's it's like holding a grudge that may or may not be even justified. You know, it, it there's a case to be made either way. Did the 49ers greatly contribute to the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick? The answer could definitely be yes. Did the 49ers support Colin Kaepernick in whatever way they could and just feel like they needed to move on for, you know, football reasons? The answer could definitely be yes. I'm just trying not to be, emotional about it and I'm just trying to be reasonable and I don't know it's to me like I said I, I've I've tried to definitely be more of a listener than a talker throughout all this period because I'm I'm just very um, interested in other people's experiences and their perspectives on things because I'm trying to learn like hopefully a lot of people are but that was just something that I was looking at going like man this for a team that really seemed like they genuinely tried to support what's going on they're really kind of getting vast right now and and it, from another perspective like I know the 49ers the, the the guy who's in charge of 49ers social media account the guy who tweets for the 49ers he's a, an absolutely outstanding dude with like a huge heart and obviously all of the decision on what to tweet doesn't rest on him but it's a huge factor and I know that this guy's not like he doesn't have any ulterior motives for posting this shit. Like I saw somebody else from a verified Twitter account, quote, quote, tweet the 49ers. He's like, he's like, what intern tweet tweeted this? And I almost replied to it. Like, like, Hey man, that's, that's Johnny. He's the 49ers social media. Uh, he runs the 49ers social media account. He's a great dude. You should, you should say hi. You know, cause it's just, people get, get so emotional over stuff and they say things that I'm just like, man, like I can, I, I've met Johnny a lot. He's on Twitter plenty of people follow him because he runs the 49ers social media accounts. He's a good dude. He's trying to do well. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a, a, a very minor perspective amongst the whole thing, but it's just it's it's just interesting times, man. It's and like I said, it's obviously there's there's things that relate to the 49ers, but it's just it, it's definitely not a time to I don't know, it's just not a time for sports. Thankfully there's not a lot of sports stuff going on right now, but it's just There's just so much to talk about and so much to do. And hopefully you guys are doing this stuff, whatever it is you're doing and the conversations you're having, just do it with an open mind and try and learn from other people's experiences. And, you know, you can obviously have your own judgments. And and like I said, I'm judging everything I see from a very vague, not vague, but a very broad perspective of right versus wrong. You know, what do do I know in my heart to be right and wrong? And then I realize that it's, you know, going back to kind of the the current state, it's not up to me to judge the reactions of especially African-Americans right now. Like, there's so many people judging behaviors and judging actions and judging this, that, every little thing that happens. And to me, I've just felt like it's not up to me to judge that because I haven't gone through what they've gone through. And and I, I can't. I, you know what I mean? Does that make sense, Croc?
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is really, too um you know i talked about having the conversation but just ag- acknowledging that there is a problem and i think right. that that's part of the issue too that there are a lot of people that that don't want to acknowledge that a certain group of people are being treated a little a little different you know and you know someone tweeted out um let me see if i can get the the exact tweet let um, me pull it up but somebody basically had tweeted out, you know, uh, you know, every black man basically like has like a story. Hold on, I don't I don't wanna butcher it, so let me go right to it because I quote tweeted it. Excuse me. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where is it at? Oh, right here. So the person tweeted every single black man I know has a police story or four. And I don't have four police stories, but uh, <laughs> I I don't have four. But you know, I spoke about my my experience with the police. And it, you know, at that time it, it struck me as odd and I knew not to react a certain way, but I never thought, you know, I never thought like, hey, the, the way that this guy is treating me is out of the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that that's part of the issue but um basically what happened was in two thousand eleven um I was driving home from from college with my my buddy my teammate uh, d j and you know we're 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 riding and we're just getting into California just getting into california and at this time I get it i, I had a car it was uh this is two thousand eleven I had like two thousand Nine Impala. I had twenty-two inch rams, I had tented windows. Like all, oh, I, I get it. Um, well, I get it in the sense of how that, how my car could could possibly be perceived by somebody looking to, you know, pick on someone. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but you kind of get where I'm going. To stereotype it, you know, like if you want to stereotype a car, it, it probably would have been that car. So we're driving and as soon as we get through the little California um uh state line the cop pulls up behind us. And I tell my guy just you know cuz I was it was my car but my buddy was driving my teammate and I was like you know just keep just keep driving just do what you're doing. And we didn't do anything wrong we weren't speeding we weren't anything but sure enough whoop, they pull us over. And they pull us over we kind of know it's BS, but I'm, in my head, I'm just thinking it's probably because of the way my car looks. And so he comes to the car, and he's like, hey, you know, license and registration or whatever. So he, he gives my buddy's license, registration. Uh, you know, that's mine, my insurance, all that. We give it to him. And then he says, why did you guys swerve? We're like, we didn't swerve. He said, you did swerve. Did you, are you hiding a gun? I'm like, what? Like, are we hiding a gun? Like, nah, nah, dude. Like, we're look at my car is full. Like, we're college kids. We're coming from college. Like, it's full of our clothes coming back for Christmas break. And he was like, Nah, the way that you swerved was very suspicious. Uh, he was like, It's very specific, uh, suspicious. And at this point, I know. It, this can go one or two ways. I wasn't thinking somebody was going to like murder me or kill me or anything like that. But I know I can either just re- cooperate with this guy and maybe he'll let me go. Or I can really get defensive because it's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know? But I said, you know, we don't have anything. And I knew what my rights were. I took criminal justice in college. And I said, but you, Ooh, know what? you. yeah, I said, you know what? I said, you, you know, you can search my car. And, you know, this is me. I'm just trying to get out of here. Now, there might be other people that handle it a different type of way and get frustrated. And I think I very well could could have gotten frustrated at this situation. But I just want to go. Like, we've been driving for a bunch of hours. We want, we're we trying to go home. So I said, you know what, man? You can search my car. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. I don't have anything to hide. Now, what I wasn't expecting was for him to handcuff, which I, I kind of get it, but for somebody that's saying, like, dude, you can search my car. I don't have anything to hide. I only have to let you search my car. I just want to get back on the road. You know, they put myself and my teammate in handcuffs and put us in back of the cop car. Why they searched through my entire car? And they went through everything. And even then, came back, are you sure you don't have a weapon? <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, let us go. Like, you know, it's late at night. It was probably like 2 a.m. Just let us go. We just want to go home. And he kept pushing and pushing and pushing to the point where um, he he grabbed, like, so under my seat, every time I wash my car, I throw, like, the smell good things under my seat. You know, there's some people that hang it from their rearview mirror or their little, you know, the, the gear shifter. Me, I, I just throw them under my seat. So you, you can smell it, but you can't see it. He said, hey, man, this is really suspicious that you have these smell good things under your seat. Like, what? Like, come on, man. Like, what are we talking about here? And I think those are situations that, like, you know, I never even told my mom about this story. Like, I didn't even think it was, like, something that I should talk to her about. But really, why Why were we being kind of treated like this? Why did we, you know, why did I have to have a gun? Like, why did I have, to, why was I hiding a gun? Like, why, you know, why did I even have to let him search my car? And if I would have gotten, like, think about if my tone would have been a little bit different. What what the ramifications from that could have been? Because I knew I was in the right. It's like why is this dude messing with me? And you know I was talking with a co-worker one time, and he's like, man, crazy thing is like because of my privilege. This is this is his words. I don't want to don't want to turn anybody off, but he was like, I would have never even thought about that. He was like, I probably would have cussed the dude out. Like what like what are we talking about? And I handled it in a, I handled it in a way to where I, I just wanted to go home, but. The fact that I even had to go through that, like it was bullshit. And, yeah,
2: no, it is. And what, what's so, interesting, when, too, is keep going, people, keep going. I don't want to.
3: Yeah, but when people think that there's not an issue, when things like this are, are going on, and it's like there's a lot of people like you'll never have to deal with that. You wouldn't even have to. You wouldn't even think about having to go through that. You know, and I think that's where the, 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 the
2: issue is. And that's and that's where I'm coming from when I say I, I don't look do I think burning down somebody's small business is wrong of course I do the you know but that's when I have to pause myself and say look I can't share the experiences that these people have gone through I can't know the type of anger and and frustration that could possibly be built up inside of me if I had to Continually deal with these types of discrimination, and 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 depending on where uh, you know these African Americans live, it could be constant. It could be all the time. And you know, Crocker may only have one police story, but somebody else could have ten. You know what I mean? And 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 I just. Like I said, I can I can judge things with my lens of right and wrong, but it but it in the end I can't share these same experiences. I can't relate to what a lot of these black men, women, children have have gone through. So I can't I can't judge them with with that you know simple of a of of a lens. You know, so it, I'm just trying to be understanding and you know of of what people are going through, and obviously. You know, there's in, there's some other stuff going on to make things look worse than they are, and, and obviously there's all. I don't want to get into it's not even conspiracies. You know what's going on behind the scenes that I that I don't know, but it, it's just look, man. There's a lot of people out there that have suffered a lot because of the color of their skin, which to me has always blown my mind. Like, like wait, 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 wait. Like I, I even since I was very young I was like wait, wait, wait. I mean, people are treated differently based on the color of their skin. Like, you know, like. Just because black people at one point in their 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 genes have spent more time in the sun, they're treated differently. Like, because that's really all it comes down to. Like, that's where you know skin color were created. It's kind of like where your race originated. And like to me, it's just always blown my mind. But it's still going on. It's 2020, and we've got spacecraft that are rolling around on Mars, but we still can't just get over the color of each other's skin. You know, and it's just, it blows my mind, and, and so when it comes to, hey, man, don't you think this is jacked up, and don't you think these people are idiots for doing this and that? And I was like, man, I can't, I can't judge them. I, I haven't gone through anything that they've gone through. The the craziest comps have ever been with me was because when I was young, I had a lower truck with airbags and all kinds of illegal shit on it. You know, <laughs> that was my experience with the cops, because I had a, a truck that was, that was frowned upon, you know, with, so, you know, I just can't relate, so... You know, there's there's just no point in me being super passionate about an opinion towards one thing when it's just not it's not up to me. And all I can do is try and be empathetic and support what what people are going through, try to listen, try to learn, and try to, you know, develop some way that I can help. You know, and I had when I asked that question on Twitter, one of the the main replies was one, listen, be empathetic. Um, speak out when you know something's wrong, and and try to be your own force for good. Like you know, and, and and I was, and one of them that that got a lot of likes and stuff. So I knew a lot of people saw it. Was he just said like raise your children right and raise them to be kind and to respect humans, all humans. And you know, and and as a teacher and as a coach, I feel like I've gotten an opportunity to be that way too. Um, and that's just the way it is, man. I'm, hopefully, I I make sense and I don't seem ignorant in one way or the other, but you know, I'm not perfect. So I think you're doing a
3: great job. (laughs) I
2: appreciate you. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's, 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 and I appreciate you too, man. I'm glad that I have, that I get to jump on here with a black man that's gone through a completely different life than me. And obviously you and I got along great, you know, before any of this, but it's just been cool to hear your perspective because it's valuable to me, man. like the knowledge is power. And the more I know before I leave this planet, the, the better off I'll be. So, you know, obviously things—if you were planning on a, a lighthearted 49ers conversation today, obviously you didn't get that. But hopefully you have, you know, it's just been worth your time because uh, I know it's been worth mine, 100%. I enjoy talking about this stuff. Um, Hopefully it was it was worth yours, Crocs. And I mean, I don't know, man. What else? You got anything else you want to touch on before we roll out of here? Ah, oh,
3: man. You know, I love everybody, and you know. Stay safe. I mean, we shoot both of you and I. My wife is white. You know, your your girlfriend. I don't know if you mind. No, no,
2: I don't care. Go for it. Yeah, keep talking. But, you know,
3: she she's a uh, you know like an Asian or you know one of those. So, like we don't see like it for us. It's not like a color thing. You know, I think we see people for who they are. You know, I, I see my wife for the beautiful woman that she is, and you see your your girlfriend for the beautiful woman that she is, and you know, hopefully. Uh, more people just start to see everyone in the world for for that. And we're right. all going to have our differences. But, you know, I, I when I talk about it, I love everybody, I truly love everyone. And, you know, I just hope that hopefully this conversation that you and I are having uh, sparks maybe another conversation with someone that listened to the pod. And tomorrow they say, hey, you know, I liked how you guys said this. or Or maybe they bring up something that we didn't talk about and maybe they just have questions you know or hey if you guys feel want to you know send me a direct message you know i i would love to you know to talk and and just have that discussion if if there's things that you don't feel comfortable uh maybe tweeting out and whatnot so you know let's just have that discussion
2: right yeah and i appreciate that and um and same goes for me. Not that, like I said, not that my necessarily my opinion and my experiences are nearly as valuable right now. But if there's anything you want to say to us on social media after this, whether it's positive, negative, it doesn't matter to me. Um, just hit us up. You know, I can you can get me at at rob underscore louder l o w d e r and then crocker's at eric underscore crocker. And you know, we're always whether it's a forty nine ers centered podcast or the conversation we just have, I always look forward to hearing from people who listen to the pod it's just a great you know feeling to know that people are listening and they're enjoying our conversation and and that still holds true today even when we had to have a conversation that's a bit more serious and a lot less about the 49ers uh, than usual but it's it's reality and and unfortunately football takes a back seat to the stuff that's going on right now as it should um, and it would still be the same way if we were in the middle of the season. So just, just it's even
3: taking, you know, even Crocker report has taken the back seat. you know, we're not putting out any articles right now. Um, we've kind of seized operations. So, um, you know, that's, we, we just feel like it's not the right time.
2: <laughs> and right.
3: right now, right now we should spend more time having the conversation and talking about things, especially right now where they're at the Heights. Um, and, you know, also have the conversation when things aren't, you know, as escalated, but, It's just definitely not the time for us to put out any football uh, content on Crocker Report. So, yeah.
2: And the the one video that I'm sure some of you guys have seen, you might have seen it too, Crocker, that I feel like everybody needs to watch right now. And it's not necessarily to put, like, rose-colored glasses on in a situation like this that needs to be handled with seriousness and care. But there's that video of those two little kids. One's white and one's black, and they get it there. They're, like, on the sidewalk, and they see each other from afar. And they just start running at each other like like full speed. And when they get each other, they just share this huge hug because they're just so happy to see each other. And they just go walking off together to play with toys and, you know, do the things. And, and that just kind of, you know, it shows you a very small way in that, a, that a, child, a child can actually lead the way for everybody. And the fact that a lot of uh, the stuff you see going on right now is taught. It's not within us. Uh, at birth, it's, it's stuff that's taught to us by all the wrongs in the world. So, you know, if you haven't seen that video, I'm not sure exactly what you'd have to Google to find it, but see if you can find that video of the, of the, the white, they're like no, no more than two years old, a little white kid and little black kid that run up to each other and just hug each other and then go off and play because that's what children do. They don't see the world how we see it. So, um, but that's it for us, guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, as always, like I said, whether you agree with, Anything we said or not, I still appreciate you guys for being here, especially 57 minutes into a pretty serious conversation that, you know, might not have brightened up your day at all, but that's just kind of how things is. But um, this is, you know, for another week, that's all we got for you, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Next week, uh, Striking Gold, signing off.